As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Election Day 2020 is here, but we could be a long way from knowing who will be the next president of the United States. An unprecedented number of mail-in and absentee ballots will have to be counted thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic. And that has election clerks warning it could be a very long night. From the Fox 6 Studios, this is Open Record. I'm Brian Polson here with my colleague, Amanda St. Hilaire. Hi, Amanda. Hi, Brian. Today is Tuesday, November 3rd. It's election day, and we are recording this about 90 minutes after polls opened in Wisconsin. Election clerks in Milwaukee are now in the process of counting more than 160,000 absentee and mail-in ballots. State law says they cannot stop until all of them are counted, that's expected to take well into the wee hours of Wednesday morning. And there are several reasons for that, Brian, in part. But one of them is they're not allowed to start counting until Election Day. But then the process of counting is really tedious because when you go vote in person, a lot of times you yourself, you're feeding your ballot into the scanner. But when you are counting these absentee, these mail-in ballots, you have to take each one out of the envelope, unfold it check it for errors, flatten it, run it through the scanner. And that, even though it sounds like it could take seconds for each one, those seconds really add up into what's going to be a long night for people who work in elections. It's really what I, I describe as the stoplight effect. At a stoplight, when the light turns from red to green, it doesn't take very long, less than a second, for each car to, to get going to start up and go. But if you're in a long line of traffic and the light turns green and you're way back, you see how long it takes before that chain reaction gets to you. We'll multiply that 160,000 times with these paper mail-in and, and, and uh, absentee ballots. And it's going to take a long time to process them. And they have large teams of people working on it, but it's going to take time. And that's not new. There have always been mail-in and absentee ballots to some degree. What's been different in the past is that the number of those was small enough that they weren't necessarily affected or expected to swing an election. So often, most often, you could prognosticate based on the in-person uh, votes that were cast who was going to win a particular precinct or a particular uh, a state or, or territory. Um, but because nationwide there are so many mail-in and absentee ballots, they make up a portion too large to discount, to, too large to say, we'll only need those if this is a close race. Um, they are going to be important one way or the other, so we're going to be waiting quite some time to get these results. And that brings me to a point that I think we should be clear on because we kind of came up against this uh, two years ago in 2018. Uh, there were Milwaukee votes that were not counted until much later in the night. 
And a lot of those votes went to Tony Evers, who ended up winning and becoming governor. And some of the language I heard surrounding that was, oh, the results changed and went to Evers. That's not what happened. Those were the results. It's just they were counted later. And what I'm worried about people thinking tonight is um, in different states, in in some states, it's going to be the in-person votes that are counted later than the absentee ballots. In a lot of states, it's going to be the absentee ballot numbers that come in later than the in-person votes. And there could be a perception out there that, oh, these are the results changing. It's not. Those are the results. We're just getting different things reported at different times than we're used to. It's the order in which they come in that can make a difference. And I recall 2018 was the first time that you and I and Jenna Sachs did our digital coverage on Facebook Live. And uh, and I remember as we watched in 2018 as, as uh, the incumbent governor, Scott Walker, uh, was uh, in, in a flip-flop horse race with uh, his challenger, Tony Evers, throughout the night. And there were times when a new wave of numbers would come in and it would swing things one way or the other. And so there, there were lead changes throughout that night. And what you're always looking for when those things happen is, okay, where did those numbers come from? and what's left. What's left to be counted is the key thing. You know that the the candidates' campaigns are always doing that kind of analysis is, okay, what's left to be counted and what can we expect from those areas? Because if, for instance, all of the remaining or the vast majority of remaining ballots to be counted and reported are coming from the cities of Madison and Milwaukee, well, you can expect that those are gonna be largely more Democrat votes and so they're going to swing a certain way. If you know it's the wow counties that haven't gotten their results in, you can expect that those are gonna be largely Republican. So it's always helpful to know not just what the numbers say now, but what's left to be counted. And that is what is really going to be interesting tonight and however long this takes, because it could not just be tonight, it could be tomorrow, it could be who knows. Um, But if the first results to come in, as I think you were suggesting, happen to be the in-person votes, this is something where those who support uh, the incumbent president, Donald Trump, will need to be careful about watching those because he may look early on like he's got a lead or like he is defying uh, the polls once again, But then if those absentee and mail-in ballots, which tend to be or are expected to be uh, leaning more Democratic, start to come in later, they could shift the numbers. And as you said, that's that's not cheating. That's not changing the results. That's merely the order in which things are counted. And so we could see those kinds of swings. I think it's going to be... Uh, an especially important year for uh, journalists, for news organizations, networks, not to be uh, quick on the trigger to try and call races um, because this is going to be a different kind of count than we've seen in years past. Well, and Brian, you mentioned the polls. I know that's something you've been following over the last few weeks. So uh, polls don't tell us everything, but as of right now, what are the polls saying about who's ahead because right it's the presidential race this time around that really has people invested in in the outcome. Well, we, we always have that phrase, if you believe the polls, right? Well, do you believe the polls? Do you trust the polls? But we still take polls because it's our only way to really measure where is the electorate right now? Where do we think people are? And, and obviously there are all sorts of statistical methods they use to try to extrapolate from a small group of people, do they represent the larger voting populace? And, and polls are, 
suspect right now because of what happened in 2016. There's a lot of people who don't trust the polls because in 2016, they suggested very strongly that Hillary Clinton was going to win the presidency and that Donald Trump stood a very small chance of winning. Well, he did, he did statistically, according to many of the uh, expert prognosticators, he did statistically have a very small chance or at least a smaller chance than, than Hillary Clinton did but it's still a probability. And it turned out it's like rolling the dice in Monopoly. Maybe you have a small chance of rolling a two or a three versus any of the other numbers, but sometimes you roll a two or a three. And that's what happened when Donald Trump won. So a lot of people are right now mistrustful of these polls, but certainly the people who take them have tried to evaluate where things went wrong, where they maybe missed certain parts of the population last time. So they believe they're in a better position now to be accurate, I guess we'll see. Your question was, where are we? And in the most recent polls, at least in the state of Wisconsin, the final average of polls taken by Real Clear Politics over the last 10 days, uh, which is one of the major uh, polling organizations, um, they've averaged out a lot of different ones, and they say that Biden is leading by about 6.7% uh, over Donald Trump in the state of Wisconsin. He was ahead by 6 point, or I should say Hillary Clinton was ahead by 6.6% in a similar final polling average in 2016. So it would be easy to look at that and say, well, that's almost the same lead that the polls said then, and Donald Trump won Wisconsin by a narrow margin, maybe he's going to do it again, and maybe he will. On the other hand, there are some other factors with the polling numbers that seem a little bit different from 2016, not just in Wisconsin, but in, in other states. Um, Joe Biden has had the lead in Wisconsin, a steady lead throughout the year. They're really, really since probably the early days of the pandemic. Uh, uh, Trump had leads here, small leads in, uh, I think is probably the last time any of the polls really showed any, any significant lead for Donald Trump was back in April. And uh, since that time, it has been a pretty steady lead for, for Joe Biden. Um, so that's where the numbers stand in Wisconsin. And we're seeing that in a lot of the states that Donald Trump won by narrow margins in 2016. In Wisconsin, in Michigan, in Pennsylvania, in Florida, in some other places where he won, Joe Biden is leading now, and, and the averages of those polls tend to show they're somewhere in the neighborhood of, of five to six, maybe 7%. Again, in Wisconsin right now, it's 8%. What does that mean though? And I think that's really, Amanda, the big question. Are there going to be surprises? Is there that, uh, that, that shy Trump voter that some people talk about who doesn't wanna respond to polls and, and uh, just shows up on election day to cast the ballot, the so-called silent majority? Um, you know, I guess we'll see. Uh, but the, the pollsters think they've worked out some of the problems from 2016 and think they're a little more on the money this time, but we won't know until everything's counted. Well, and if you're watching, uh, hopefully you'll be watching the Fox 6 news coverage. If you're also watching the national news coverage, you're probably going to hear Wisconsin mentioned a lot tonight. And that's because Wisconsin traditionally plays an important role and it's because of the way that our system is set up. So when you're voting, uh, because of the electoral college system that we have, you're not picking the president, you're picking an elector who's going to cast a vote for that candidate that you choose, or supposedly, and we can get into how that works in a little bit, Brian, because the, the system can be wonky, but each state gets a certain amount of electoral votes. So in Wisconsin, we are 10 votes, 10 electoral votes. The winner takes all. So if Joe Biden gets 49% of the vote in Wisconsin and you know Donald Trump gets 51%, uh, 
Um, it's it's got all those votes go to Donald Trump. Now, Wisconsin being at the number 10, that's certainly not the highest number of votes. That's not necessarily the most prized states. But the reason we have influence is because we are a swing state. So when you don't know who's going to get all of those votes, suddenly your state becomes very important and and comes into play here. And that's what typically happens in these elections. It's why we've had this flurry of visits to Wisconsin from campaigns and, and their campaign surrogates. I thought it was interesting. Political reporter Jason Calvey actually put the numbers together for us and, and, and found that uh, Donald Trump has been here 10 times in recent months compared to, to Joe Biden, who's been here three times. And I believe in the month of October, uh, the president has visited Wisconsin at least five times uh, and, and is certainly putting a hard press on trying to hang on to the state of Wisconsin, which, again, he narrowly won in a surprise. Uh, it was expected to go to Hillary Clinton in 2016. He won by less than a percentage point. And, and Hillary Clinton was criticized heavily for not campaigning in Wisconsin, for taking the state essentially for granted and not campaigning here in 2016, and and Wisconsin became one of the keys to Donald Trump winning that election. Well, and that's why the DNC was supposed to be held here in Milwaukee, right? It was kind of a a way to make up for that and a way to recognize the importance of this state. And then COVID-19 hit, and uh, it ended up not really being here at all. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what kind of effect, if, if any, that has on everything. I think the interesting thing here, though, tonight is as we watch these different swing states, which have become very important with this electoral college system that we have, um, If we, depending on how different states do earlier in the night, Wisconsin may not matter as much. So Florida, for example, is a big swing state and that's one three times as many electors as wisconsin exactly so they have 29 i believe and so florida is very used to absentee and mail-in ballots they have a more elderly population they deal with more natural disasters so we're expecting the count to come in from florida a lot earlier joe biden has a, a few different ways that he could win this thing But if we find out early on that Joe Biden wins Florida, if you'll hear this a lot from the pundits, that's going to be a key indicator that he may have a path to victory here. And as those other swing states come in, if they're coming in before Wisconsin and they're going to Biden, Wisconsin may have less significance once our votes do come in. If we find out early on that Trump wins Florida, He'll have blocked Joe Biden from one path to victory, but it's not going to be quite as indicative as for what the rest of the race could look like. So that's one state we'll be keeping a really close eye on as we follow the election results throughout the night. And I think that's one thing to watch with the Electoral College this time around. And and to get back to the sort of basics of it, national polls mean very little anymore. You don't hear a lot of people talking about what do the national polls say between President Trump and and, Trump. and the challenger, Joe Biden, because national polls represent a popular vote nationally, which really don't mean much of anything in terms of who's going to win the presidency. As we saw, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote in 2016, did not win the election. 
here we're seeing that Joe Biden could well win the popular vote by three, four percent and still not win the election because of the way the Electoral College works. And that goes back many, many years and, and generations ago when the idea, it, really, if you go back to the founding of our country, there's been a long concern about whether or not concentrations of population should have concentrations of power or whether it should be more evenly distributed throughout the states. And rural states, of course, wanted to have a say. If you just went by popular vote, then California, New York, D.C. would dominate. And so you have a system that is supposed to distribute things more evenly. The question is, has the pendulum swung the other way? Because now we're in a situation where you have candidates who could well win a substantial uh, uh, majority of votes for the White House and still not win the election. I saw one, uh, Amanda, one sort of statistical prognostication was that based on the way these states will go, uh, that Joe Biden would have to win the popular vote by as much as three, four, even 5% to win the presidency, or at least to have a, a dominating chance of winning the presidency. Uh, because at the one, one to 2%, it showed uh, Donald Trump had a 75% chance of winning the race if it was just a one to two percent popular vote lead for Joe Biden. And that's because in California, there's a fixed number of electors. So no matter how dominating the win is for Joe Biden in California, he only gets that many electors. And chances are the more dominating it is, the greater his lead in the popular vote. But it doesn't help him in the Electoral College. You've still got to win the states like Ohio and Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania and Florida and North Carolina to win the presidency. And so those that's why those are those so-called swing states and the states will be watching throughout the night. I think if we're going to know a, an early result, it's going to be a Joe Biden win because you will see states falling that the president needs to win. I think if you don't see that, if, if it goes on longer, it's more likely that that's something that could potentially favor uh, incumbent President Trump. Well, and I think when we're talking about the Electoral College, we need to keep in mind that what we have now is not purely what's outlined in the Constitution. It's over years and years of different state laws patchwork together. That's how we got the system we have now. So as it's evolved, it's been less about giving smaller states the power and more about giving swing states the power. And that's why you're going to hear so much about you know, a certain handful of states. And by the way, it's not just about who wins the White House. One of the things we're watching tonight is that balance of power. So the Electoral College is, is how we pick the president. It's not how we pick anything else in this country. So as you look at um, our the U.S. Senate and the U.S. House, that's going to be key because it can show you exactly what's going to get done or how much could get done. I should say could because just because you have united government, that doesn't mean that uh, a lot can get accomplished. So, you know, right now we have Democrats who control the House, Republicans who control the Senate and a Republican president. So as the balance of that shifts or if it shifts after tonight, that's going to play a pretty big role in whatever the future president is able to accomplish. And there are states, and a lot of them are actually the same states that we're watching in the presidential race, um, that have some really key, specifically Senate battles, um, that could come down pretty close and could help decide who controls what in this country. 
Well, and that's why even in those states that aren't swing states that don't seem to be playing a key role in who's going to decide the presidency, that's why it's so important for these campaigns to get voters energized and out in a state that's a sure thing because it's the down-ballot races that could really make a difference in that balance of power in Congress or in a state legislature. Here in Wisconsin, obviously, we have uh, every assembly member is, is up for re-election. That happens every two years. Half of the senators are up for re-election. And there's always uh, an effort to try to swing power back one way or the other. Now, in Wisconsin, the assembly is, is uh, noted for having uh, gerrymandered districts that are uh, very protectionist for Republicans who are currently in power. And so they're not expected to swing very much. The Senate is a little more likely to be in play, although Republicans have a five-seat advantage there right now. It's not expected that that power will shift. But you never know in these elections, and that's you'll sometimes hear the term a, a red wave or a blue wave election. If this is one where, for whatever reason, uh, especially if it's Democrats who are, are angry about the divisiveness of the last four years or, or are more motivated in getting rid of President Trump uh, th than even in electing Joe Biden, you could, if you see a huge turnout, for Democrats, it doesn't just help them potentially win the White House. It could potentially help them swing some of these uh, balances of power in states around the country and, of course, in Congress. And in Congress right now, there's a really good chance, based on the, the predictions, the polls and other things, that the Democrats could, in fact, not only hang on to and, and strengthen their lead in the House of Representatives, but that they could wrest back control of the U.S. Senate. Uh, and, and if they do that, if Joe Biden wins the White House, you then have as you said, one party in control of the House, the Senate, and the White House, uh, which is something any party obviously strives to get is that kind of trifecta uh, of power. As you said also, it doesn't guarantee things will get done, but it certainly makes it more likely that a party can get their agenda through when they don't have an opposing party blocking them in, in one chamber or in the White House. And that's what we'll be watching tonight. I mean, so we're doing our digital coverage. That means that we'll be on the Fox 6 Milwaukee Facebook page going live pretty much all night as we get results in kind of top and bottom of the hour it'll be you jenna and myself just going through uh, giving context to results explaining results and uh, talking a lot like we're talking now helping you make sense of the numbers that are coming in and, and what we can expect throughout the night so we hope that as you're watching the Fox 6 coverage, if you have your, your tablet or your phone open, that you'll also be watching us because we're really hoping to supplement what you're seeing on air so that you can have as much information as the results come in as possible. Amanda, my wife asked me a question and I thought I should know the answer to this because we're going to be doing these uh, Facebook live hits all night long uh, doing the digital coverage, which supplements our on-air coverage. She said, well, how can I watch you? And I said, well, have you liked the Fox 6 News Facebook page? And she said, well, I think so. I don't know. And she checked, and sure enough, she has. Make sure you've liked the Fox 6 News Facebook page. Go and do it now. Do it before tonight, because what will happen is you will get a notification when we go live, and you can join that live video at any time. You can watch for a while. You can duck out. You can come back. Um, and those recordings will then stay up, I believe, on the website. I assume they'll stay there. They will, yes. So even if you miss one you can kind of scroll through. But we're gonna be doing it all night long and, and, and we will be checking in. We'll probably be off the air for a few minutes and then back again. Um, I say off the air, it's digital. I guess it's not technically the air, uh, but <laughs> we'll be off the internet for a little Offline. bit and coming back. 
We'll, we'll be offline. We'll be coming back, though. We'll probably be more wall-to-wall than we are off, uh, but it will be Amanda, it will be Jenna, it will be me, uh, and we'll occasionally have guests like uh, Fox 6 political reporter Jason Calvi, Fox 6's Amy DuPont, and potentially others joining us uh, to, to supplement that coverage. But again, our coverage is going to be a little more casual. Um, we're we're going to be live from Amanda's basement. Uh, so if you want to sort of hang out with some people who are talking election stuff as this is all coming in. I feel like that's a little more what our style will be tonight is uh, you're hanging out in Amanda's basement with us. We've <laughs> done the homework. We, we, we know what's going on and we'll be able to t- kind of fill you in on what's happening and bring you the latest, but uh, maybe in somewhat of a less formal way. An even better way to watch things tonight is watch Fox 6 on the air and have a second device handy, your phone or your tablet, and watch us for our Facebook Live coverage. And of course, as the weeks go on, we're going to continue bringing you these twice-weekly episodes of Open Record as we cover the fallout after the election, the COVID-19 pandemic, police-community relations, so much more. If there's a topic you want us to discuss, an issue you think we should investigate, please send us an email, and you can send your emails to fox6investigators at fox.com. That's fox, the number six, investigators at fox.com. As always, thank you to the people who make this podcast possible, from producer Pete to our editor, Dave Machuda, Suzanne Barthel, and executive producer, Sarah Smith. And please subscribe to Open Record if you haven't done that already. You can find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening. I'm Brian Polson. For Amanda St. Hilaire, we'll be back with our next regularly scheduled episode, and maybe we'll even know who the next president is going to be on Thursday. Thursday.